0: Welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you build a productive, profitable wedding or event business. Here's your host, Angela Prophet. all thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of weddings unveiled professional tips and secrets on wedding planning and event design where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger this podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the hospitality industry Before we get started today, I want to ask you something. Are you looking for the missing piece of the puzzle to grow your business? Well, I want to invite you to watch my free online training on how I went from hobbyist to celebrity wedding planner and how you can do it too. You will discover the puzzle pieces that will absolutely transform your business from hobbyist to like, hell yeah, I can do this full time. Um, puzzle piece one. I'm going to go all into personality. Puzzle piece two. How to keep the high quality clients happy. Puzzle piece three. I'm going to talk about what separates the good from the great. On four best kept secrets to profitability and all about implementing the strategies. And five. If you're going to attract the best, come on, people, you got to be the best. And then I'm going to show you how to create the magic and put it all together for you and your clients. So don't wait another minute. Go on over to go.angelaprofit.com. That's G G-O. O.Angelaprofit, two F's and two T's.com. And watch my free videos and download my free workbooks that will take your business to the next level. Hi y'all, it's Angela Profit, and I'm back today for another episode on Weddings Unveiled. I am so excited to talk with Shane McMurray. Shane is the CEO and founder of The Wedding Report and I'm so excited because he's going to share some really amazing insight with you today that you probably don't get enough of in terms of education in the wedding industry. So, hi Shane, how are you today?
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Glad
1: to
0: be here. Yay! Have you have you done a bunch of podcasts before? I've done quite a
1: few. I mean, not as much as you would like, but uh, I've done a few, yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, I've heard of The Wedding Report for years even before I met you, which you were in Nashville at a show that we were both speaking at years and years ago, um, but I had heard of it and I thought it was extremely interesting what you had put together. Um, but e- before we even jump into that, for our audience who has never heard of the Wedding Report, what's your background like? How did you even get into the wedding in- industry? How did you get where where you are today? <laughs> Loaded it's kind question. Of s-
1: strange. Uh, anomaly right of being in the wedding industry being doing data statistics um, Actually, I'm a software engineer by trade and I, and I had been I've been writing software since probably the early 90s um, Mostly database software. So I was always fascinated with like data and information um, around 2000 met my wife and um, we you know, we're looking for wedding invitations and um she wanted handmade paper imitations and being kind of the, Hey, I can make that kind of guy. Um, I said, Hey, you know, we can make oh, these. <laughs> and so we ended up buying this, yeah, no, right. This handmade paper from Arnold Grummer. and I mean, she was really into it and loved it. And, um, and that's really what it was about. Right. You're getting married, you know, make sure your wife's going to be happy with what she wants. And so, yeah. And so basically after that, she said, Hey, I want us, I want to make these for other people because I feel like the market is too expensive and you know, there's this other, you know, other market. And so, um, I said, okay, let's, let's explore this. And, and, um, I, it, it turned out that we started a company called paper by and I built all the stuff for her to make the paper. So that includes the frames, a drawing rack. I built, um, a makeshift, um, um, pulp mixer that would make pulp from scratch. I mean, we're making paper from scratch and then you have to dry it. And
0: wow. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: <laughs> very, very laborious. And, um, so as we're working through this couple years, you know, we basically, it was cool. It was doing really well. She's actually selling it all around the world and, um, uh, h- hired her mom to help her out during the day. Cause I can only do it at night. I was working in the healthcare industry at the time and, um, doing some data stuff and, and, Around 2004, early 2004, I said, hey, let's, uh, let, me, let me see what's going on with the market and try to figure out where we should be selling this stuff, how much we should be selling it for, how big is the market. So I went out and looked, and, and honestly, there was literally no information or data out there about this industry. So it turns out that, that uh, Condi Nast, which was Bryce.com, they were the only ones that published this annual, this eh, biannual, every couple of years, report around spending. So that's really the only data that was available at the time. And then to get number of weddings, uh, how many people get married, you had to go to um, the CDC of all people, right? This is, we're talking about Center for Disease Control, collected vital stats around the U.S. and stats are considered like deaths, births, and divorces. Um, they no longer do the marriage divorce stuff, but they were doing it back then and they were collecting it. So then, so that's where I started with that and then had to go to the States and, and there's lots of States that don't even um, put out published information. So it's very complicated web of stuff to pull up, pull together the wedding piece, the number of weddings. And then the other missing piece is like demands, so you need to understand demand because just because, um, someone's getting married i mean we all know this right they don't buy everything that we would consider um you know the scope of what someone would normally buy in a wedding i mean right. some people don't hire a photographer some people don't hire a dj some people they don't get flowers for their i mean it's all these different things they don't even buy a dress um maybe they get their dress donated or or given to them from their family or their engagement rings given from their family they don't buy it right so there there are all these factors and then um So when, when I had this information together, I'm thinking, okay, I think I got a pretty good handle on what we should do and where we should be selling this stuff. Uh, we had a little family situation happen. Um, my, my wife's cousin got really sick. They were like really close to each other. Um, she had remission in her cancer uh, situation. And so, uh, um, that kind of took priority and the business fell to the side and, um, Basically around after all that, she, she passed away, ended up passing away end of two 2004. And, and um, so it was kind of devastating for, for everybody. And, yeah. and, you know, I had all this information together. I'm like, look, if we want to continue this thing, we're going to have to do some different stuff. Cause you know, being the numbers guy, totally. the thing, look, we're making, we're making money, uh, but we're not making any profit because number one, I'm spending, you know, 20 hours a week making yeah. pork and doing all this other stuff and i'm i'm not getting a salary on this and we're not paying her you know you're basically paying it's such a labor's process you're paying for labor you're paying yep. for um materials you're paying for advertising um and yeah i mean you got sales coming in but if at the end of the day if you're not making a profit you're not you're not making any money right
0: so it's like what's the, <laughs> what's the point what's the point yeah
1: so i said we can either you know, we have to build in economies of scale, which is basically saying that you have to build a framework or something that allows you to make this stuff in a way that reduces your cost, so that you can afford to sell it at a certain price point, et cetera. Right. Cause at, at the end of the day, businesses only stay in business cause they sell products and they make money from what yep. they sell. And, um, so basically she said to me was, I don't want to, I don't want to make it big. Right. I just want to keep it small. I'm like, well, then we, we can't continue because Right. Um, if you want to make it small and a hobby, great, well, that's fine. You can do it. Um, I'm just going to have to step away from you have, you know, I have to teach you whatever. And then, you know, I'm not paying your mom to hang out with you. So, no. <laughs> so let's figure this out. And, and, and so basically the, the business kind of went to this, to the wayside. And, um, and I said, well, you know, if we needed this information and I had already started like thinking about a blog at the end of 2004 around business related stuff in the wedding industry because at the time there was really mostly um, stuff around brides and grooms and it was all focused on the bride and groom, right? People mm-hmm. that were getting married and I'm like, there's nothing out there for business people. And so uh, I, I said, okay, well, I'll just put a blog out and started as That's how the wedding report actually started was a blog. And then I actually took um, people that we did business with and tried to connect with other people around the industry in and, and 2004 and, and did surveys to people getting married. Um, and so that I could collect information for myself and try to understand spending um, and where that was at. And then, and then the, the thing is, is that even if you, the population for people getting married is 2 million, right? Roughly.
0: A ton. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But in the scope of, of collecting data, I mean, you really only need about 500 or 1,000, 500 to 1,000. So you really only need 4, 388 samples. But if you get a good base between 500 and 1,000 samples, you can get a good understanding of the broad market. And then from there, what you have to do, though, is that you have to, um, you have to understand how it impacts things locally. So anyways, long story short is I, is I did a bunch of surveys, collected a bunch of data because yeah. the demand factor. Right? How many people buying a certain product or service? And then I said, okay, well, I'm just going to take this data and I'm going to publish it out as a research, some research. And I did in July of 05. And um, so I published out my first research. I mean, the first month I literally sold a 100 reports, um, and and wow. it was crazy. I'm like, okay, well, I think there might be a business here.
0: Uh huh. <laughs> and,
1: and then I just it kept growing and growing and growing. I kept changing, you know, mod- you know, making it bigger, better. Uh, the other part of that is is that you need a collection mechanism, right? You have to attract people that are getting married and you have to be able to collect data from them at the time of purchase.
0: Yeah,
1: and they're doing stuff. So I, I did a couple things back then one is I started a, a site called cost of And I basically provided back all of the information that I had collected uh, And I provided it back to people that were getting married so that they could Understand how much it costs to get married right how much other people were spending. Yeah, and we're talking about we're not talking about just people that hire professionals. We're talking about the whole scope of it because it's really about the economics piece. The whole thing is around economics. It's not just people that hire professionals. So, um, you know, there's, you have to really take into account people that go to the courthouse and get married, get married in their backyard to the best place in town. And, and uh, I really thought a lot about, and this has grown over the years, but I really thought a lot about how do you, um, Factor in all pieces of it because you really need to understand the economic impact of marriage and weddings in, in a local market. Um, so, so, those are the things. And then, and then number of weddings, even though I, I mean, I learned this over the years, but basically, it turns out that even though I get my license in, in the county that I'm, if I, I can get married anywhere in my state, but I get my, and I register my license here or get it here, uh, I have to re register it in the county that I, that I received right. it from. So, I just spent a bunch of money somewhere else, and I didn't even get married in, the, in my county. So, how do you accommodate that, right? How do you, from a, from an economics perspective, right? So, okay, well, they thought
0: I, of that. <laughs> I <got some> <laughs> yeah, that's great.
1: Didn't get married here, so um, so there's a lot of stuff that I mean. These are just things you learn over the years. But basically, what happened was um, the way report took off, and in seven, I actually incorporated it as a corporation because it just became its own little entity. Uh, and then just it kept growing and growing and growing. I think since, I mean since that time I've probably collected maybe 600,000 samples from people getting married on various different topics across uh, a broad range of things um, from you know basically what things they buy after their wedding to uh, how much you know are they getting loans to, to, to get married, yeah. to buying insurance to all the pieces that I think are part of the, part of the wedding. Piece, so, so that's literally how this whole thing came together uh, over the years, and and um, my work basically has been mentioned in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all the time. I get people requests from Wall Street Journal, New York Times, this, to ask me about the weddings. We actually have government agencies buy our data um, wow. for their own use because they want to understand. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess they like what like the work we're doing because it gives a good broad understanding of of the economics in The market, um, schools, universities, other research people use it. Uh, we license it to insurance companies and other other people. So uh, it's uh, believe it or not, half of my customers are not people in the wedding space. It's very interesting how this yeah. thing turned out. So, it's it's so just that's,
0: it's, I guess. that's amazing. Like it's so fascinating. I mean, most of the people that I talk to that are in the wedding industry. Um, And their businesses do very well and they're very profitable and they know they're profitable, but they did not have this business plan (laughs) where they're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's like, it just kind of happens. And so what sets you apart from a lot of the people that I talk with, I I don't even know if you remember this, but I know that I mentioned True Colors to you when I met you years ago, because I'm like, I talk about it to everybody because it's so amazing. But In true colors, they're, you know, in the different colors, the numbers people are, they're greens. And in the wedding industry and just almost being in it for 20 years, there's not a lot of green people that find research and numbers fun. And Mm -hmm. so when I met you, I'm like, oh, he's so green. And, but it's very valuable because you do know what's making money and what's not making money and what's breaking even. And, I'll tell you, I had a green missing. That was the only color that I didn't have part of my company for years. And then once we brought a green onto the team, like it changed everything, like everything. And it's like so many people in this industry, the planners, they're gold because they're very type A. They have to do a checklist and it makes you feel really good. And then the oranges are very creative and like I'm very hot orange. And so we, we, in the wedding industry, it's like we never really had access to this data and, but it's like you got into it because of your sweet wife (laughs) and because of your own story and your own experience. And I know a little bit about paper, um, just because, you know, I have those clients that they want hand the, the exact same thing. Like they want that handmade paper. It's the very first impression that a guest is going to get in the mail and to touch and feel. And you can kind of tell like if something, you know, costs yeah. and looks and feels amazing, they're not going to throw it away. And yeah. like, I even have the brides that they want every single thing, you know, hand calligraphy. And I'm like, you know, that the calli- calligrapher can write that one time and then we can just like print it on the handmade paper like it doesn't all they're like no no but I'm like your guests don't have to know (laughs) like with technology (laughs) these days it's amazing and you know we can save a few thousand dollars and some people are like oh that sounds great and other people are like nope I want the real deal and Mm -hmm. I saw how labor intensive it was and I'm like holy shit like how are you making any money? But what I have found in asking these questions is that most people, it's not like they are making a ton of money. They just enjoy doing it. And some of them, it's not like they need, you know, money to live because there's two household incomes. But like your wife said, when you really start to, make it big and be a production and you turn into like this large business It kind of takes over your life a little bit, but in a good way, not a bad way. Um, But I just find it fascinating. Like I would say um, like what is special and unique about your service, but like I don't think anybody else, at least not that I'm aware of, that does anything like what you do And how like all the research and all the time that you spent in gathering this, I still to this day, like I know the Knot puts out a report that says like the average cost. I don't know where they get their data from because whenever it comes out, I'm like, I I don't, I don't, um, I don't, I don't understand. Like the average wedding is 30 something thousand. I, in almost 20 years, I've never done a wedding for that. Maybe it's the region that I'm living in, but Brides don't under, and couples, they don't understand that regions, and like you said, like the zip code and the city and the state, like it's so different. Can you, do you have any statistics that you can share just off the top of your head where how different the numbers really are from, you know, I'm in Nashville and it's growing like crazy, but then people think New York and LA, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to Nashville because I'll save so much money but around all of the different pockets of, even within the United States, like what are your thoughts on how different the numbers are?
1: Well, I mean, it's quite different. I mean, even in your own area, I mean, you know, for Nashville, there's, you know, roughly 12,000 weddings a year. And, um, you know, even in your own area, I mean, zip code to zip code, even county to county, because there's, you know, there's actually within your area, there's, um, make up the metropolitan. There's probably a dozen counties that make up the whole metropolitan area and and some of them are better than others. Right. So, I mean, okay. just for example, like Cannon, Tennessee County, right. There's only 107 weddings roughly or hundred weddings that either originate or travel into that space and they spend around $14,000, you know, but then if you go to, uh, say, um, Williamson County, right. There's, there's Bob, There's about 1,200 weddings that they either originate or travel in, and they spend about 35k on average. So, I mean, just in your own metropolitan area, it varies by county and by zip code, and that's that's the thing that I yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I think is interesting and unique about the work that we do is because if you're a local, like if you're working in a metropolitan area and you're looking at zip code level data you can see pretty easily where your targets should be. And, and it, I mean, you can in nowadays with, you know, Google and Facebook and you can target people. So, you know, narrowly online, yeah. but, but that's the thing, right? It, so you start to see okay, well if, I'm, if I'm someone that needs to charge $3,000 as my base starting price to even get a gig. Right then I need to look looking at areas that can provide that, that base. And that's what I should spend my time focusing on. But maybe there are opportunities that you didn't realize, right? For example, do you really need to charge $3,000? That's, that's kind of the thing about, um, I think the, one of the biggest problems in, in the business today. And, and every time I go speak, I talk to people about this, or I hear some story about it is I, I get this thing. Well, oh, I can't, I can't get up and get out the door for less than four thousand dollars. I'm like, really? I mean, you're missing so much opportunity. So I and, and I would say, that, like, this was a photographer I had a conversation with, and I'm like, so let me ask you this: if I were having a wedding and I just needed you to come for three hours, shoot some photos for for me, and put it on a USB stick, you wouldn't do that for five hundred bucks an hour? I mean, all you're doing is traveling, making some shots, and off you go, right? I mean, you how much? I mean, I don't know a lot of people that make 500 bucks an hour right? right. for attorneys. And and so, I mean, that's all I'm asking. I mean, those are the opportunities and those are the things that, where the market is changing, right? People don't necessarily want all this thing. We we actually overgive in our packages and all this stuff, right? As, I mean, you probably have experienced this yourself as a planner. You put all this stuff into this package you give your customer and that I bet you 20, 30% of that, they don't even care about or use. And you just waste We don't
0: all do all packages. That. Right? <laughs> That's exactly why. <laughs> we don't do it. <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. So, I mean, photographers do it. DJs do it. Everybody in the industry does it. And it's because it's, it's nature as a business, right? To package all yep. this stuff together. And, and so, hey, I've got this great offering. Let me, let me put this out there, right? And then you've got all this stuff in there that you put all this energy around and you're spending money on and they don't even care about it. So, so it's important, really, to figure out what that what the market cares about. So that, that, I mean, those are just some examples. I mean, yeah, I mean, from region to region, from county to county, from zip code to zip code, it, it's quite different.
0: It's so different. I don't even know the first county that you mentioned. I've, I don't even know where that is. And I'm from Nashville. I mean, Williamson yeah. County is. Um, you know, Franklin area and um, I mean but even the weddings we do out there which we do service mainly the luxury market I mean we've never done anything out there for probably under a hundred thousand but again it just depends on the area and I know if you take the average and some of these people you know they don't have planners and they don't have designers because Actually, it's not that they can't afford it. Some people, they truly do want to do it on their own. It's a full-time job and they have fun with their mom and their girlfriend, which is fine. That's totally fine. But when you're putting together a small production in a field with generators and power and you're dealing with the weather and I mean, there's so many factors that people don't see who don't work in our industry every day. Um, but I do know that lately there, I feel like the market is almost oversaturated with people who are trying to be experts and teaching the business side, which is very interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I was just speaking at, were you at TSC a couple yeah, months ago? Uh, not year. Sure. So I was speaking there and then just to listen to some of the other people talk, Um, I'm like, wow, how do you know these things when you've only done 10 weddings or you've done, you know, a few things, but now all of a sudden you're an expert, which, you know, for those of us who've been doing it for a long time, everything that we teach, it comes from experience, which you can't read a book. And I mean, you're proving that right here. Like you can't just go read one book and boom, you have all of this information, like you get it like you said from so many sources and do your digging, which brings me like it to years, our man- right?
1: It takes years to develop those yeah. unique situations and experience different things. I mean, uh, I mean, I would have never really thought about um, the fact that someone can get their license in one county and get married somewhere else and how does that impact spending, right? Yeah. I would have never thought that. and I didn't think about that in the beginning. And I, when you start those things together. Um, you know, and then you look at things like models, like, um, so can you do this based on population, right? Can you determine how many people are going to get married in an area based on population? You can do to some degree, but there are other factors. For example, like, um, um, Seaverville over in Tennessee, right? Gatlinburg area. Mm -hmm. Those guys have a ton of weddings. Yep the population there is nil, right? I mean, older people. And you look at that and you go, how do you model that from a data perspective? You can't model it from the demographics. You have to, you have to think about a lot of different factors. So those are things you just learn from experience. Just like you said, right? You Mm -hmm. you can't just go into it and I know this, right? But those are things you learn from experience.
0: Yeah. So how, which like our main topic is I want you to share with our audience, like the competitive advantage. It's like, like you said earlier, people, they don't really talk about it or bring it. It's kind of, I feel like it's like the business. It's like people don't really talk about it a lot where it's like, Oh, you're producing all these amazing events and weddings, but are you really making a profit? Yeah. And it, it's like, I've almost Now, over the years, I've been doing a lot more consulting and teaching and helping other business owners who are creatives who they have zero green in them. I don't – I'm not like a a green – by nature, at all, but I have learned that working really hard, but then not making any profit, and sometimes even paying the client to do their event because I didn't charge appropriately for my labor, or my overhead, it is like literally a knife in my heart, and so and it hurts knowing how hard and how many. I mean, there have been day three days in a row where it's like, oh my god, I. Not only did I not sleep, pee, and eat hardly, like 10 other people on my team didn't. And then we didn't make Mm. a profit from this. So it's like, what's the point? I might as well just like go work at Apple (laughs) or work at Chick-fil-A and say like, you know, it's my pleasure or be a Walmart greeter. Like at least I would be making something. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with all those jobs. Like I'm good with all those places, but it's just like, what's the point? And so I feel like now is more... You know, as a coach and consultant, getting in people's business on the back end, and then I'm, I'm uncovering all this stuff, and I'm like, "Don't hate me, but like, mm-hmm. are, are you really running your business appropriately?" And it's and it's not that they're you, they don't know what they don't know, and so yeah. it's because no one's ever come in and looked at all of how it is like a shit show behind the scenes. And I'm like, okay, you love what you do. You're passionate. You love your company. You love your clients. Let's just change up your business model a little bit and all those numbers. And like, let's make sure that your company is profitable. Like let's work smarter, not harder. So yeah, from absolutely. your angle, like the, comp- just the competitive advantage, which I mean, I can already see how the wedding report and by arming people with this data and this information, but what is your take on that whole thing? Like what advantage does the wedding report give people in terms of competitiveness?
1: Well, well so, I mean, honestly, the wedding report is just kind of one small piece of it, um, but the bigger competitive advantage picture kind of has uh, several components in it. And um, it, it's actually quite a bit of work, and, and I'm not gonna lie to you. so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I know that this industry is very creative. I mean, I, I get it I understand it, but at the end of the day, as a business, if we don't sell enough product at a, at a reasonable enough price so we can make a profit, we're just not, we're not good. Yeah. I mean, if you have a second income and you're doing it as a passionate thing and so on, great. I mean, all, all the power to you. But if you, if you have a run a business and you have employees that you have to support and all that stuff, you, you need to be thinking a little bit more um, about uh, other things, right. You need to get, get a little green in your life, right. About totally um, your business. Um, so, so to me, competitive advantage is really around, um, you know, a lot of times we just show up as a business today. We just show up. I'm a photographer. I'm just going to show up, throw some ads out there. I'm a planner. I'm just going to show up and throw some ads out there. Right. I'm, I'm a new venue. I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, I can't tell you how many new venues have been stood up in the past like couple of years. It's just like this explosion of venues. And, uh, and like you said, the market's not just in the business side, but it's also getting very saturated in in the venue side. Um, but so, so you just show up, uh, we lost, right? It's like, it's like, um, it's like, remember, remember when, Oh, we've got quality, right? We, we provide quality service and this. It's all about the experience. And so now everybody's shows up. They have pretty good quality. They have a great, ex- good experience for the most part, right? They're showing up. Yep. They're already lost, right? Because everybody's doing the same thing. Remember organic, right? When organic first came out, it was the greatest thing. You know, all this organic food and you're like, oh, wow, this is new, right? And they have this little section. Now you can get it everywhere, right? Yep. Um, so if you just show up with organic greens and food and, and farm and table, everybody's doing that. So, okay, great. Uh, my point is, is that you can't just show up. You have to have some something in, in it so that you, you basically are, um, you know, what is it that makes you different, right? What is it that you're doing? That's going to make you understand the market, um, understand your competitors, find the opportunities and, and, and basically make stuff happen. Um, yeah. It's really about thinking kind of without limits, right? So thinking about um, looking at the market space, your competitors, looking internally and trying to go, okay, look, let's, let's figure out how we can streamline this process, economies kind of the scale internally, right? Uh, look at what's happening in the market space so that we can Uh, See where the opportunities are that's missing. Look at our competitors and see what everybody's doing to try to figure out what is missing in this from the research I did about the market itself. What are my competitors not servicing? Uh, I'll give you a good example when we get to that topic. But basically it's really about finding opportunities in the space uh, that basically allow you to dominate your market. Not just show up, right, but to dominate the market. a lot of times we actually get, you know, so let's talk about the market, right? So the market, there's really three pieces of this that I want you to think about. And the fourth piece is about putting it all together. But the three pieces are really around the market space itself, uh, the, your competitors, your internal business. And then the, the, the fourth piece is really about agility and putting it all together. Um, so a lot of times we get like stuck in our own head. We're not really, I mean, this is the creative side, right? We're just, we're just doing our job, making stuff happen, put, you know, putting this thing together. We're making, you know, we're, we're, we're having sales. This is what I experienced, right? When, when I was doing the paper stuff is we've got sales going on. We're, we're, we've got money coming in, but we're not making any money, but with our heads down. We're just heads down trying to get it done. Right. Yep. Um, and and basically, what happens is, is we get so consumed by that we actually miss opportunities um, that that are all around us all the time. Um, what what I think people need to do is 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 really kind of go out and try to understand the the uh, the market by a couple of things. There's there's actually a whole list of stuff, but I, I try to keep it like limited to three.
0: <laughs> That's good. Our attention span. Out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so so the first thing about market analysis it really is around um in existing business data right so we we collect data uh you know we're looking at website demographics and 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 how many people view our pages but but when we go out and we get meet with a customer are we collecting information about them right what is what is the information about the customers that we're actually doing business with are we collecting data we should be collecting as much as we can Uh, within reason right so you know if demographics we can like where they live uh, various other things about them right because what you're trying to do is understand your customer and and you probably heard this from many people talk about like finding your ideal customer well there's you're you're gonna have there's there's multiple ideal customers and and particularly in my space there's not just one ideal customer it's actually multiple but I believe that you all we all have multiple customers, right? Multiple ideal customers, but you need to understand the pieces of data around them, who they are. For example, maybe maybe you service a market where it's most of the people are 50 or older, right? Is a good example. Mm-hmm. And you didn't realize that, but but if you go and if you were collecting data about your customers and then you start to pull that stuff internally, you go, look. of our market is 50 or older, right? We make the most money from looking from doing this market. Right. And when I say, look at, look at existing business data, you need to do some analysis on the data to go, Hey, how much money are we making from this segment? Start to slice and dice it by segment and try to figure out which segments Uh, demographics are perfect because you can collect demographics from your people. And then you can actually marry that back to uh, your local market. And then you can start to slice and dice around the demographics. Go, Oh, look, you know, half the people we do business with work in this type of industry. Oh, half the people we do business with are this this age range, right? Not necessarily the core age, but they're actually older. Um, yep. So when you start to look at that, you're taking that internal business data and go, oh, okay, great. Now I've need. Now i got that, and now I can go and, and say, okay, well, where are those people? Right? That's the thing. Where are those people? Because those are the people I want to reach. I make the most money with those people. Those are the people I want to do business with. How can I get more of them? Uh, and there might not be enough in your market to service that whole segment, but, but could you capture most of that business? Absolutely. And then move on to other segments? Absolutely. Right. So it's really just taking the internal data you have that helps you understand your, your, your market, your local market. Uh, customer feedback is another great one. And I'm not just talking about like reviews. It's great to look at reviews, but um, in, and you know, I think in today's age, people drive reviews to try to get the best review they can, and they forget that, hey, really it's around, uh, yeah, it's used as a marketing technique and people um, heavily rely on it, right, as consumers. Okay. But we miss an opportunity to actually get inf- good good, valuable information from that, right? Like, how did we actually do with that thing? Because I'm gonna tell you, if you don't look at what you're doing wrong and fix those things, you're, people are gonna go do business with someone else and they're not going to tell their friends. So you've got to collect the bad and you've got to look at the bad and figure out how to fix the bad. Right? Yeah. I I mean, you probably heard about David's bridal, right? They're filed for bankruptcy protection. Uh, and, and I saw this coming many, 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 many years ago. Their service is horrible. I don't know how they stayed in business this long. Right. To be honest with you, everybody I talked to, I mean, some people have decent experiences, but their service is horrible.
0: Yep. And they, they don't were, train their people, <laughs> I don't understand I don't know. Chick-fil-A school.
1: <laughs> so just if you fixed that right by itself, right? How much better could you do? So that's what I'm saying. like look at so another thing is is if you meet with people and you didn't get the deal, follow up with them and find out why you didn't get the deal, right? Because those are the things that you need to fix within your business to try to so you can reach more people within the market, right? Yeah, And and then the third thing is is market information, right? And that's kind of where the weather reporter comes in. It provides a lot of market information about the market. But in general, I mean, you can get other market information. You should be looking at demographics in your market. You should be looking at local economics. Because if a big plant decides it's going to close down and 25,000 people are now out of a job, that's going to impact your local economy. Um, So you need to understand what's happening locally in your economy in your, in your area. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have read many of the headlines lately, but things that are, a lot of com- large companies are getting pressured, right. To, to increase their margins on, on wall street. Mm-hmm. So they're looking internally and they're starting to let people, lots of companies are cutting 10% of their workforce bam, yeah. bam, 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 because they realize they need to, you know, I mean, some of it's good, trim the fat, whatever trim the dead wood. Um, but th- those things are going to roll down right to the mm-hmm. rest of the economy at some point. So those are, those are things you should be looking at, uh, internally. And, and so doing the market analysis piece really just, you know, helps you, um, get a good grasp on, on the market. There are other things, uh, you know, one other important thing I would probably say is understanding consumer preferences mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. important. Um, how do they like to the shop, right, online, how do they, how, where, are they, where are they hanging out online, right, where are they hanging out physically? Maybe those are spaces you need to be looking into. Preferences or things that, you know, what do they really care about, right? Because you can use this information as you start to look at your competitors to find opportunities, um, although you're finding opportunities here. One, one big market area uh, that I always like to bring up is the 50-plus market. And, and the reason is, is because the 50 plus market is actually a relatively growing market for people getting married. The other part of that is, is they like to spend more money.
0: yep so They are, have it they <laughs> typically. Have it.
1: Absolutely. So if you're looking to capture some value there, that's the market you should be probably focused on. And I bet you, most of you are probably doing business with some form of older customer and you might need to look at that and see how well you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's great. Great information.
1: Yeah. Any questions about the market piece?
0: No, I mean it's just it's very. Again, I think it is a blind spot that a lot of people miss, and it's funny because the older I get and the younger our clients get, and it's funny because, you know, the older we get, it's like my God, I can't do 200 weights. <laughs> and like, I mean, even though I'm not at all of our events, um, you know, the more money people spend, the expectation is very different. And so we have actually in using numbers and strategy and working with greens and data found out that if we were doing 20 high-end luxury events, that we would actually be more profitable by laser focusing on a very, very specific type of client. And so we, we do this every year and we do less and less, but we're more profitable. And so in that area, it's just, it's crazy that people work so hard and put so much heart into this, this industry. And then until they hit burnout and a lot of people just stop, it's like, no, just assess what you're doing. But this next year, we determined that – and these are just my girls. They're like, so can we just not work with people under 30? Because people don't really know who they are until they're at least 30. And, like, these people getting married – I mean, people are getting married for the first time, a a little bit older. Um, But it's like the 30 under – it's just – It's crazy because they're trying to figure things out and their priorities, when you've been doing this for so long, their priorities aren't really the priorities that we feel that they should be focusing on. And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, and again, with Pinterest and Google and the internet, you know, it's like, oh, well, I Googled that and Pinterest says that I can make the, it's just like, oh my God, there's too much like not real information out there and I don't know where people are making these things up, but it, those of us who are actual professionals do this full time, pay our people off of, you know, our sales, at, you know, pay taxes, pay insurance, pay all of that and trying to do it the right way, it makes it really hard for those of us doing it the right way where, you know, you have a saturated market with hobbyists who, they don't do their homework, they don't do anything <laughs> in terms of like understanding the business side, and like you said, that's okay. Like if you're a hobbyist, that's fine, but don't market yourself as if, Oh, you're the largest photographer in the whole world says who like your wife, your husband, (laughs) your partner, like says who, Um, it's so gray and coming from healthcare as well. You know, these doctors we work with and these subspecialists we work with, they went to school for a very long time and it's very black and white. You yes. you go to a fellowship and if you want to be a subspecialist that's typically a 5-year fellowship and you're in student loan debt for many years but the payoff is you're saving lives and doing very important things for people. Yeah. But it's so gray in our industry and sometimes yeah. that's another reason why I do this podcast because I want to help people understand or at least give them insight to you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. Um, so I love yeah. that like the missed opportunities, you know, finding the weaknesses and also using a little bit of data. It's almost like your secret weapon yeah. of not going after what everyone else is trying to go after, but actually looking into, like you said, there's some people, most of our 50 or 60 year old clients, they're on their second or their third marriage. And some of them have been married 20 years and they just don't connect anymore. And some of them, their spouse passed away because of cancer. I mean, there's so many different variables, Um, but I would say second, third (laughs) marriages, we love them because it's like they know what they want and they do have the budget for it. And they're not like penny nickel diamond to death because they do want, it's just a different experience altogether. So I definitely, um, I like that you brought that up. And then in terms of like, what would you say the top takeaway in terms of like, how can a company reduce their cost but earn more profit?
1: Well, I think it's really, so it's looking at the internal piece, right? So, so one of the pieces that, um, that I like to talk about is, is like the internal struggle. And, and the, and the thing is, is like, you know, um, we just do like, like I said, right. We just do whatever it takes to get the job done. I mean, how, just like you, you just said earlier with the, with that thing where you, you lost, you know, for three days, right. Yeah. You're not making any money on the deal. Right. But, but you know, you have to do whatever it takes to get this job done. Right. Cause they're your customer. So your head's down. Just get, get it done no matter what. Right. And so you, a lot of times we do that over and over and over again. And we don't really think about what it actually takes to provide the service or the, or the product. Right. At the end of the day. So we're just like, we're doing this over and over again and we, and we forget. Right. Or we, we just, I don't know. Um, but But really what you need to do is like sit down and, and I like to, to map out, I like to call it an activities or value stream mapping, but really it's take the thing that you're doing, the product that you're delivering. So if you're delivering a planning service, and I think you guys have already kind of done some of this, right? When you said, we're just going to focus on 25 high end weddings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you took the thing that you're delivering, maybe it's a photography service, a planning service, maybe it's a product, and then map out everything it takes to do that. And I'm talking from... Getting the uh, customer's attention, right, from marketing all the way into having the conversation with them uh, and working, you know, trying to sell them the deal, working through the process of getting through what it takes to deliver that thing. And then all the way to follow up and, you know, you're done, right, with the whole product delivery. if you map out all of the activities it takes to do that and all the people involved, there's a couple of things that actually starts to happen from that. You, you really start to discover um, maybe there are missing pieces in there. Uh, maybe there are overlapping pieces that you could consolidate. And maybe there are things that you are spending way too much time and money on that you don't need to do anymore, right? Um, yeah. And then work through this process uh, and it takes a bit of work. You gotta sit down with your team and, and start to and start to go, okay, what what do we do? Right. And you just start it's really pretty straightforward. You just if you got a spreadsheet and you just sat down and start and you can even do it with stickies, right? On a on a on a wall. Sit down with your team, start throwing stickies on a wall to say, hey, what do we do? What do we do? What are we doing? Right? Marketing, right? Let's talk about it. What are all the things that we do, right? What are all the things that we do when, we, when they come in and we set up an appointment, right? We get them into the door. What's the experience like, right? How much effort do we have to put into that? Can we streamline that? All the way to contract signing. What does that look like? Everything, every step, and every activity that you literally have to do to deliver that product, you should you should at least write them all down. And then and then the other piece of that I like to do is I actually like to put um, like if you did it in a spreadsheet, I like to list all the activities down one column. Right here are all the things that I need to do. And then on the top, I like to put uh, roles or act, or, or you can call them roles and or services or things I need right to provide that, that activity. And what you start to see is you start to see, okay, well I need this type of person to do this specific types of things. Like if it's marketing and content writing, right? Maybe you don't have someone on your staff that can do that, but, but what you do is you realize that, Oh, I've got five or six activities that require me to have marketing specialists and, and someone who knows how to write content. I don't have that. Can I sub that out? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're looking for those opportunities. Um, and then once you map all this out, you start to realize, um, how much all this stuff costs map out another good thing is to map out the time it takes to do these things. What is the time involved? Right. And you can start to put yes. together this timeline and you, and, and, and this will help you realize what it takes you to deliver that product or service. And, and that's where I think, um, if you wanted to figure out how to make more profit, just start right there because you'll realize quickly, Oh man, we're doing, we're doing these things five times, right. In this mm-hmm. timeline, and we can just do it once here and be done with it. Right. Or, yep. or it's taken, it's taken five times to connect with the consumer to set up a, a meeting. And then when they get in and, you know, all, all the things are involved, right. Or you're delivering some product and it, you know, the, um, all the people that are involved in delivering this thing, maybe there's overlap. Right. And then you go, Oh, well, we don't need to do that anymore. Let's just combine that and put it here. It's an easy way to to look at the whole value chain and go, hmm, what am I doing? What do I need to do? Right. What am I really do I really need to do all these things? Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you said like one of my favorite things when people ask me, they're like, So how did you figure out, you know, XYZ? Why don't you offer packages? Why do you sell in time blocks? Why do you the number one reason is because when I had a mentor, a coach, he made me track my time and we color-coded the calendar. And I mean, it did a lot of things for me. At first, I was so objective. I was like, no, I can't do that. You don't understand. Like, I need to be available for these girls whenever they need me. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, finally, after a year of tracking, and it's like, for me, it was nails on a chalkboard or maybe worse even. (laughs) And, um, however, it changed my business. It changed my life. Like I should just write a whole book called why you should track your time and why you should know where your time is going just as a, as a life as a human being. Um, and then he made me color code things based on, and then also be consistent. So like the color coding showed week by week, how, um, uh, like I, it was not a balanced life. It, it's like if everything's in like our colors work meetings, they're in red. And then for blue is like family and personal stuff. And then like uh, orange is like me time, you know? And so he's like, you have, you're a workaholic, you have a very unbalanced life, you're going to burn out. And he's like, that's the more important, the bigger picture here. And so he's like, each week you want to have some type of balance. And As I get older, and then something very similar to your experience where my dad got cancer, my sister got sick, she has four kids. It's like your priorities start to shift when things like that take way more value, like a person's life over money. My dad's like, you can always work and make more money, but I'm not going to be here forever. And so having that ability and flexibility as a business owner and having a team to be able to step out and do those things, you know, he's right. (laughs) And so just understanding where my time was going. And then that's how we were figuring out that we were not making money on certain jobs. And that's where, yeah, I mean, it does sound... It sounds easy like, oh yeah, I'll just go on my calendar and track my time, but you've got to be consistent in what you're doing and set up a process and it goes from the top down. And so we have a process. So now all of my team members do it, Um, you know, on the calendar, it's first name, last name for every client. And then you can automate that with um, different QuickBooks and things like that for invoicing systems. There's a lot of automation out there that can save a lot of time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's a whole nother topic <laughs> yeah. but it's yeah huge proponent huge pr- of of tracking your time and understanding what the heck you're doing with your time yeah. huge well, I think value. If
1: you on activities mapping with with your time tracking piece there um, I think that would be even a huge benefit to, to you even further to go huh are, are we over delivering? Are we giving weight, giving away too many things? Are we, are there, uh, are there overlaps here that we could, we could um, align together and make it easier? I mean, this, it's just, it's like an onion, right? So as you start to learn new things and be able to um, peel back pieces of your business, right? You just kind of layer on these, you know, you're just pulling back this other piece and go, okay, now let's, let's make this more streamlined. Now let's make this better, right? You're really trying to get to economies of scale on everything, so that you can provide a product or service at a reasonable enough price at enough time, so you can make money. I mean, can't say that enough, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And while we all have the passion and we all love to do it, you gotta, I mean, money's a tool. You have to make it to live. (laughs) So some people that are, they're like, but I'm so passionate about this, but they're working two or three other jobs. I'm like, but wait, if you'll just focus on this I promise it, it will work if you surround yourself with the right people because I was that girl. Not that I had to work three jobs. It's just it – it's really hard to choose sometimes. Like, I get yeah, it. I totally get I it. it this was great. Where can people – where's the best place for them to go to find out more information? And then if they are interested in getting the wedding report, what are next steps?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, the theweddingreport.com. So the wedding Uh, and there's actually, I mean, you get free access to tons of data there already. I mean, I provide a lot of free, free access to data. Uh, so that, that's there. Now you can get, you can look up uh, the counties I spoke about and, and see 2017 numbers for total spending and for product spending. Um, so it's just, you go, go to the site, you can see overall numbers. If you search, you can put in your business zip code search, you can browse for county, Metro, whatever. Um, and then if you sign up for, um, free access to the site for you get basically uh, market summary reports which include all the products and services we track for for uh, all all weddings right you can see basically um on average how much people spend what the demand is for those products or services and how many weddings happen uh, in that market all for free so that's available right now that's a that's a perfect place to start like just understanding your in general right what does that market look like What are are we, what are we starting with? What should we, what should we be looking at? That's it.
0: Yeah. And do you ever have people that reach out to you to ask you like, Hey, I'm not a numbers person. Can you break this down even further? Like, do you do any consulting like that? Or is it just kind of like, here's your numbers, take it to a business coach or an accountant. Like, do you do any consulting where you actually break it apart for businesses?
1: Uh, I have done, done that in the past. Unfortunately, I mean, my time is kind of like, like you, right? Limited, yes. work out, um, cause I'm doing a bunch of other stuff as well. But, um, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would love to do that. There's actually a bunch of videos on the site too. Oh, um, awesome. Okay. Help section that kind of show what all, breaks down all the reports and it shows you what those reports mean and why they're important. And so that, that kind of helps a little bit, I think. Um, I should probably do more of that to, um, for the purposes that you just mentioned, right? And that's where
0: I was going with it, exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm not a numbers person, man. Help me understand this, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) um,
1: Yeah, that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses that I don't do enough of. I mean, being a numbers guy, I'm I'm actually creative too because I play guitar and I like to build things. But um, I'm mainly more green than anything, and so. Uh, yeah, it's just like very facts driven, right? Like, a, yep. here, here's the facts, <laughs> right? Yep. Facts and data, right? But um, you're right. I need to. I need to do that. That's one of my biggest weaknesses for sure.
0: Well, just being an orange, and um, and me personally, like again, I leave the numbers to somebody else on the team now. But I learned through video, and so it's funny. It's like my green team whenever they need, they're like, okay, Angela, I need you to stop being so orange. And so they'll make me a video and we use Marco Polo, which is a free video texting app. And, um, oh, cool. yeah. And so it's just, it's really funny, but it works. <laughs> and so I just, um, I wanted to let, cause I work with a lot of creatives and they learn best by video. And so that's exactly where I was going with that, that before you reach out and ask these questions, um, make sure that you look on on the web and see like, is there a video to break this down? Which you said you do have some videos out there. And it's funny because the, we get the same questions over and over. And so what I've learned is like, okay, let's use our blog as a search engine. And if people can't put their question in there and if a blog doesn't pop up, then that's how we get our blog content constantly. It's like, okay, we need to do a blog on that. We need to address that. Um So that's great that, that you do, I don't know if if people, I'm that girl where like, if I didn't understand something and if I didn't have a green team, you know, and I was a one woman show, like I'm the girl where I'll just reach straight out to you. I'm like, okay, who did this? And let me just ask him. And so, um, you know, knowing that there are videos because I feel like people get discouraged from doing this, at least creatives get discouraged because they get overwhelmed by the numbers But if there are videos and there are things to break it down, um, because an orange brain is not wired like a green brain, (laughs) and -hmm. so when it's broken down in video for me, my learning ability is much greater than just seeing it in an Excel spreadsheet, you know?
1: No, I yeah, I get yeah. I I totally
0: So it's get. it's really, really helpful. Um, but thank you so much, Shane. Like this was amazing information and for all of our listeners out there, I would definitely encourage you. I know that us creatives, like the numbers aren't the fun part, but I promise you that they can become fun because now the first of every month, because our business model is very different, um, that's how we build, that's how we have a business and project our numbers and what our goals are. And so it's actually, it, you can turn it into fun um, depending yeah. on what your model is. So check out theweddingreport.com and be sure to join us next week on Weddings Unveiled. Thank you, Shane, for your time. Have a great Thank day. You,
1: Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye everyone. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends, and I am so very grateful if you will leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Weddings Unveiled. Also, be sure that you're a part of my email list. And if not, you can sign up at angelaprofit.com where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Before I go, I want to ask you if you have a story or a product to share with the wedding and event industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Weddings Unveiled, visit angelaprofit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Weddings Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time for more insights to help you build a productive, profitable wedding or event business. For more great resources, head over to angelaprofit.com.